want to talk about grace. Grace, it's still amazing. In this picture, there's just this most amazing... Um, I've spent time looking at this, and one of the hands of the Father is a very strong hand, like a directional and, you know, man's hand. And the other hand is more feminine, like a nurturing hand. And I look at God, and I see him... Uh, as a, as a father and the prodigal son, just wanting to guide and nurture and direct. You know, we think about grace, but how deep is our grace? How deep is our love? How broad is our grace? How wide does our grace reach? Could I do what the father of the prodigal son did? Could I do what this man did? You know, it's a moment of comprehension of what has happened. And then he commits himself to a lifetime of devotion. I'd like to read with you in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 10. Uh, but we'll be focusing on two particular verses. But let's read together. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, express in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For it is by grace, verse 8 and 9, that we have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, we thank you that it is not of ourselves, Lord God, but it is only you. And Lord, we ask that in today... Lord, you will do a stretch, stretching, a widening, a deepening in us, Lord God, that our grace that you've put in us, that we reflect to others, Lord, would go further and deeper and broader and would reach more people, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray that your grace would tap us on the shoulder this morning and help us to receive what you have for us in this morning's message. In Jesus' name, amen. So grace, like the word love, has lost so much of its original meanings. I mean, now we even talk about somebody being graceful as in looking gorgeous, like 
Grace Kelly is the image of grace that we have. But when the Bible refers to grace, uh, yes, Grace Kelly or Audrey Hepburn. I saw a fabulous book the other day, How to Be a Hepburn in a Kardashian World. I bought it. <laughs> uh, biblical grace refers to God's favor, His kindness, His goodness to both humanity and creation. It's undeserved and unearned. It's not achieved. It's not attained and it's not possessed by our effort or good works. I, being Irish and uh, clearly there is a very famous Irish artist who I will be quoting this morning, um, Bono. In conversation with Micah Asaya, the lead singer and songwriter of the rock group U2, who any, if anyone doesn't know who uh, Bono is, makes an explicit confession of his faith. He says this, it's a mind-blowing concept that the God who created the universe might be looking for company, a real relationship with people. But the thing that keeps me on my knees is the difference between grace and karma. I want to read that to you again because I just, it's said so beautifully. It's a mind-blowing concept. Allow it to blow your mind this morning that the God who created the universe might be looking for company, a real relationship with people. But the thing that keeps me on my knees is the difference between grace and karma. Saying that the idea of karma is central to all religions, Bono explained, what you put out comes back to you, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, or in physics, in physical laws, every action is met by an equal or an opposite action. It's clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. I'm absolutely sure of it. And yet, along comes this idea called grace to upend it all. As you reap, so you will sow stuff. Grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like, the consequences of your actions, which, is my, which in my case is very good news indeed because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. It doesn't excuse my mistakes, but I'm holding out for grace. I'm holding out that Jesus took my sins onto the cross because I know who I am, and I hope I don't have to depend on my own religiosity. You see, grace is scandalous. As much as we try to understand it, we as humans tend to revert to karma, and we try to use scripture to prove it. Secondly, I'd like to talk about God being gracious. God himself is gracious by very nature. He has an incredible gift of grace to us. I talked to you about that in Ephesians 8. It's a gift so that no one can boast. When I have this opportunity and I say or do the right thing for once, <laughs> I don't go, oh, that was good. I go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't put my foot in it. I was in a situation last night where someone was talking horrendously to me about um, them showing someone who had a very serious illness, a video on hell and how these demons were taking this person to hell. 
And I, I wanted to jump at this person. Thankfully, the guardian of the person said, never speak to him about that again. And I said to him, because of God's gift of grace to me, in reflection, would you have done it a more gentle way? And he said, absolutely. And I felt like saying, well, why are you still talking about these amazing things on YouTube? Anyhow. Uh, but, you know, we all need grace and we all need to exert grace. I could also be the one that would be needing the grace. So we have to remember that all the time. God and his kingdom are like the owner of the vineyard that we read about in Matthew 20, uh, verse 1 to 16. I won't read it out to you now. But God is gracious to the least deserving He's gracious to those who think they are deserving and upset at his grace and generosity. And he's gracious. It's hard for us to understand his grace in a very eye-for-an-eye world. I mean, I know so many people, even with the boys, who said they've done the, the, the crime, they should do the time. And I said, that's the point. That's the point. We would actually like them to do the time but not to kill them. We don't believe in killing human beings. So Jesus was described himself as being full of grace and truth. Jesus demonstrated his grace powerfully as he related to prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, lepers, the sick, and those possessed by demons, and through his teaching in the story of the prodigal son. In John, John chapter 1, we read verses 14 to 18. Uh, if you're looking it up, John chapter 1, 14 to 18. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Good litmus test. Do you feel like God is dwelling in your home, in your marriage, in your relationships? You know, some people say to me, they get this groovy idea, you know, I want to live missionally. I want to live incarnationally. I go, okay, be Jesus to your husband to your wife, to your children for the next six weeks and come back and tell me how you're going with that. Because it's hard. It's gritty. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it's sometimes you've nearly got to bite your tongue off. I'm surprised, you know, I really am. Sometimes, you know, I just got to breathe, breathe. You know, breathing for those of you who've given birth is not just for the labor of birth. It's for the labor of love with everybody around you. Especially when sometimes as females, you feel like as if a hundred people are asking you for something and you go, do you want a bit of me? Do you want a bit of me? Do you want a bit of me? Does anybody else want a bit of me? I mean, seriously. In 23 years, I had one, well, I've had three crosswords with Rob and one of them was one night when he followed me into the bathroom and I eventually said, will you get off my back? I will confess it was hormonal. But I tell you what, it gave him a very big shock. He's like, oh, I've never done that before. So I didn't exactly exercise grace in that moment. But thankfully, he had the wisdom to either exercise grace or whatever, or restraint or self-control. But uh, all, was, all was well after a good night's sleep. So the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace. Full, full. What's your grace tank like at the moment? Is it full? 
Because really, you should keep yourself in the secret place until it is <laughs> full. It should be full after that time of worship, you know, but it depends on how much on the empty you were, you know, but full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. You know, I have had so many experiences of grace in my own life. Times where people could have just put me in my box. Uh, you know, you know the difference, actually. <laughs> I always say humility, either you humble yourself or it happens to you, which is called humiliation. And I know what it's like when somebody has cut me off uh, with a, an ungracious manner. I also know when, it's when somebody has graciously said, have you considered that maybe blah, blah, blah. They've held me kindly, like I talked to you about the last time, and they have helped me. Because when you're cut off at the knees, you know, you're, you kind of find it hard to stand. And it does very little good. In fact, normally what happens is everybody rallies to the support of the person and the care of the person is more, cons is more important than the actual issue that you're dealing with. So the real issue never gets dealt with because there's probably truth. You know, many a true word is spoken either in jest or you know what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? You with me? Good. Okay. And I'm sure that you can think about times where you have experienced grace when in actual fact you really should have got a rap over the knuckles. Now, I want to show this unbelievable film clip to you because I don't think I have ever seen anything else that characterizes grace like this. I mean, I will have to have a tissue after this. I've got tissues. Yes. Okay. Located tissues. We were on holidays and we we're watching a program set in the 1950s. So you've got to remember 1950s and it's called Called the Midwife. And now I'm addicted because it's quite wholesome and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't shirk on hardships, but it also looks at what are the good things that are happening at the same time. So if we can show this clip, I think you too will also need a handkerchief. Pregnant, eh? We're having a baby, you know, me and my wife. Just found out today. I'm gonna be a dad. Sorry, love. Got no chance now, have I? Not now, it's two against one. Mrs. Lawson. That's us, Ted and Winnie. I'm sorry, we don't allow men back here. Can't stay with her. I'm sorry, Mr. Lawson. I'll be right here, love, if you need me, right here. We went to the doctors this morning. I thought Gwen was ill, didn't I? Lost me first wife to cancer, so I was thinking the worst. She's been so tired. And there it is, pregnant. I thought I was too old. Got three already. I'm most of their growing. Never even thought about another. There. The 
36 centimetres frontal height. That means you're 36 weeks long, due in a month. I said... Your husband said you only found out today. I, I know I was getting bigger. So did Ted, though. Bless him, he never said nothing. I thought maybe I was going through the change, or... I don't know. Tony, I'm fine. Sure, just a minute. silly. I've got to do the washing. The book says we need to keep alert for any surges in temperature. You and your damn books. Let me help with the washing, love. The book says you'll be unsteady on your feet about now. We don't want you losing your balance, do we? I'm not a damned invalid, Ted. So put those bloody books away and let me be. We need you to start pushing. No. It's too soon. I'm not ready. Oh! Your body's telling you to push. Your baby wants to come out now. I can't. Please, Mrs Lawson, we're just trying to help you. I can't have this baby. Oh! Yes, you can, my love. We're going to take good care of you. Don't worry. You're so afraid of Mrs. Lawson. <gasps> I'm scared it's gonna be blank. <laughs> I don't care if it's green, red, or orange. Your child's heart rate is dropping, and I need you to start pushing now. <sighs> just right. Now I need you to do that again. You have to. Get the towel ready. There's no asphyxiation. What's wrong? Dawn's got the cord around its neck. But don't worry. We'll take care of that. Done it plenty of times. It's too tight. Get me the clamps. You're doing brilliantly, Mrs. Lawson. Now just hold off pushing for me. Breathe. And breathe. I got here as fast as I could. Cords clamp now. Mrs. Lawson, we just need to cut this. There. Now, Mrs. Lawson, we just need one last big push.
There's a heartbeat. Why is my baby crying? What's happening? Let's just give it a minute. Let his lungs adjust. It's a boy. I'll go and give your husband the good news. I'll let you know when the placenta's delivered. best to wait a little until she's uh, she's ready for visitors right right when did I first married I didn't know how lucky I was I felt trapped being with him one night I stayed out late I had a drink it's when I let a navy with a nice smile charm me You can come up now, Mr. Lawson. Boy, you don't know what this means to me.
I don't reckon to know much about babies. But I can see how this is the most beautiful baby in the world. What are we going to call him? Why don't you choose it, love? We'll call him Edward, then. Good old family name. My son, Ted. Breathtaking. I'm no expert on babies, but I think this has to be the most beautiful baby in the world. This is the most breathtaking example of grace to me. In a little while, I'll play you the you two lyrics of the song grace grace she covers the shame you know in god's eyes because we're all called to live gracious lives we're all called to live graciously what would it look like to live with this sort of grace in our lives it is a gift from God, the grace, not by works so that any man can boast. We are that black baby and God accepts us wholeheartedly, the most beautiful baby in the world. And he calls us by his name. Let's give him a family name. My son, my daughter. You know, we often find it hard to show grace, sometimes because it frightens us, sometimes because we are better accustomed to the ideas of retribution and the idea of karma. Well, you know, you get comfort in the fact that you think that that person's going to get theirs. I, you know, no, let grace get them. Let grace come running after you. Let grace come running after your children, your family. We often justify our stance of karma by love the sinner and hate the sin. But that's, that's not even a scripture. It's not in the Bible. It's taken from St. Augustine, which talks about love for mankind and hatred for the wrong. You know, clearly, there's a sad situation there, but grace has covered the shame. God wants us to overcome our, our fear. God's model is like that husband stumbling, stumbling into the room and showering a moment of shame with total grace and acceptance. So there's just one little short clip I want to show you uh, that I think is a good way that we can actually shower situations that could be shameful with grace in our lives. Can we show that clip, things? I wonder why I keep tossing in my sleep at night. Mr. Lawson. Who is the little one? Some kind of cop, I think. 
thought I'd better get him looked at. He still seems besotted. He certainly does. Ted loved purely and completely. And he asked no questions. And in the end, nor did anybody else. Ted loved purely and completely. Jesus loved and loves purely and completely. Can we love purely and completely? Ted didn't ask any questions, nor in the end did anyone else. God's grace and love is unequivocal. His acceptance complete and without questions. How can we love purely and completely and graciously through our lives' different scenarios, perhaps with a difficult neighbor, a difficult colleague, or children who may cause us grief, people we don't agree with, our partners, for example. And in closing, I just want you to watch this um, clip. I, I couldn't shorten it, and I think you can bear with us for the few minutes for what it's going to do with your soul. So let's watch Bono's words and see what touches you when you listen to these lyrics of his song. takes the blame She covers the shame Removes the stain It could be her name Grace It's a name for a girl It's also a thought Let's 
you know, and just so that I don't get emails during the week, I'm not talking about people who intentionally go out to do wrong repeatedly, okay? I'm talking about just the stuff-ups of life, you know, the wrong things we say, the wrong things we do. If we could just have the musicians for a moment, um, I'd just like us all to stand. If I was to put it in a nutshell, I would say grace is the climate of divine kindness. I talked last time I was here about holding each other kindly. I want to learn, and believe me, it's a journey, to hold myself kindly and to hold you kindly, to hold others kindly. Now, if you've been touched by grace this morning, or you need a touch of grace, renewed, fresh outpouring of that, can you just raise your hands to heaven? Thank you, Jesus, that you are making beauty out of ugly things right now. Lord God, you were making all things new. You're making all things good. And Father, I pray that you would help us to see your grace covering our shame and to cover others by our grace, Lord, that is poured so freely out on us. Let us freely give in the mighty and wonderful and gracious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.